Welcome back on YouTube. Uh, we just launched off on Instagram as well. I want to say thank you for joining me tonight. We're talking about part two, the fundamentals of faith. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, for some reason, I look like the glory is on me. It is bright, but that's all right. Praise God. There it is. That's good lighting right there. Part two, the fundamentals of faith. But really quickly, I want to give you some updates of what's going on in the ministry. As you guys know, we just dropped a couple thousand dollars into doing our studio brand new. So we're th so thankful and blessed to the people that gave for that to happen. You guys are awesome. We love you so much. And thank you for your support financially with Revival Way Ministries. As you know, we feed 900 kids every single month. We help 11 other ministries as well. And as you can see, we updated our studio to make sure that we get power packed and uh, excellent quality out to you. Really quickly on YouTube, I want to run the advertisement for Ministry Madness that we're launching off on Friday night. So I'm going to have my cameraman run it. Roll it, Deej. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're super pumped. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some people that get offended by it, but that's all right. They'll be okay. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Basically, what we're going to do is on Friday nights, me, Steve, and Cade are going to get together, and we're just going to cover some like crazy stuff that's going on in the ministry world and uh, keep you up to date with it. And it's funny. It's good to laugh. You know, the Bible says it's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. So if you don't guard your joy, you'll get crusty, you'll find yourself just getting stingy, you'll find yourself being cringy, just all the E words that you don't want to be involved with happens when your joy dries up. So it's important that we keep the joy going, and it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to bring me a lot of joy, because I like to watch that crazy stuff. So without further ado, let's get right into our topic tonight, part number two of the fundamentals of faith. Really quickly, we're going to do a recap. I want to recap what we covered yesterday because the reality is faith is what carries power in the Bible. Without faith, it says it's impossible to please God. And you see any great exploit that was done in the Bible was on account of somebody with faith. Faith is the key for victory. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 that this is our victory even our faith. Our faith that is occurred or accrued by the word of God is what gives us victory over the world. It's what overcomes the world. It's what overcomes sin, sickness, disease, the power of the devil. Our faith is what overcomes this world. It gives us the victory. I want you to type this in the comments for me. My faith gives me victory. My faith gives me victory. Your faith will give you victory when you know how to increase it, when you know how to activate it, when you know how to walk in it. Your faith provides victory constantly in life. You don't have to live life beaten down. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. The way you access abundant life is by living a victorious life of faith. But a recap, 
I covered yesterday the fundamentals of faith. I was down at the Supernatural Leadership Conference with Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins down in Louisiana, Alexandria, Louisiana. And Pastor Hankins shared a very powerful story about uh, an individual that I'm familiar with. His name is Vince Lombardi. I believe he's the most winningest football coach in all of history. And Vince Lombardi had just had, I think, the worst season he had ever had in his life. And at the end of this worst season, they had just lost their last game. And he sits down his football team and he holds the football in front of him. And he says, boys, this is a football. And Vince Lombardi went back to the fundamentals. He brought them back to the basics of how to succeed in the game of football. See, with faith, it's the same thing. You never outgrow the fundamentals. The same way in sports, you don't outgrow the fundamentals of knowing what a football is, of knowing what a first down is, of knowing how to hike the ball, how to throw the ball, how to hand the ball off. The fundamentals is what keeps you grounded. It's the foundation that allows you to have success. Once you have that foundation, once you understand the fundamentals and you've exceeded the fundamentals, then you can add on to those and that's how you progressively get better and better and better. But you won't find one sports team you won't find one person that's an athlete. You won't find one person that's the best at what they do that hasn't put to perfection the fundamentals. doesn't matter what area of life. Whatever it is, anytime somebody has become an above and beyond producer, it is because they understand the fundamentals better than anybody else. When I played high school football, I played in the smallest school in our league, I believe, not just size-wise, but also number-wise. But yet we always won the conference championship. And it wasn't because we were the most athletic. It wasn't because we were the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, not by any means. But we were excellent in the fundamentals. When you get excellent in the fundamentals, your faith will work for you in ways that you didn't even know possible. As a matter of fact, I remember... When I would work out, when we would do workouts in the gym, you create something called muscle memory to where once you take a certain step so many times, it just becomes natural to your body. It's the same way with your Christian walk, with your faith walk. When you understand the fundamentals of faith, when you walk by faith and not by sight, as you do it every single day, you create spiritual muscle memory. And there's an old saying in football that says, uh, I had a defensive coordinator coach back in high school that uh, he was not very nice, but he was very wise. And he said, when you're on the field, I don't want you to think, I want you to react. Put this in the comments. Say, I don't think I react. I don't think I react. See, muscle memory is not a matter of thinking. It's a matter of reaction. So there comes a point where you get so renewed in your mind by the word of God that you no longer think about the word. You just simply react when circumstances happen. When a giant's in your way, you just react. You start speaking to your giant. You don't run at your giant with your mouth closed, but you run with your mouth open and you just start reacting. When a devil manifests, you don't think, oh, there's a devil manifesting. What do I do? No, you just react. You pounce on that thing. You cast it out. When somebody needs to be healed, you don't think about whether or not Jesus is the healer. You've done it so many times. You're so, your spiritual muscle memory is so tuned that you just react. And all of a sudden, you create spiritual muscle memory, and you live a life of reaction versus a life of constantly thinking. I like how Pastor Hankin says it. Jesus didn't say, come to me and think. He said, come to me and drink. 
when you come and drink of the Holy Spirit, when you come and and are renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind and the word, then all of a sudden you become a Christian that just reacts. You don't become a Christian that's constantly caught up in carnality or in thinking, but instead you just react according to the word of God. That's the fundamentals of faith. So yesterday I covered the two aspects of growing in faith, which is hearing and believing. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith cometh by hearing and continuously hearing the word of God. God's word is a seed in you. When you get revelation, it's that initial seed. And all of a sudden you realize, wow, God paid the price for me to prosper. Now it's your job to water that revelation with the continual watering of the word. Same thing with healing. Same thing with dominion over sin. Same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with spiritual gifts. You never move past the fundamentals. In fact, you keep hearing them. Faith comes by continually hearing and hearing the word of God. Number two, I covered that you must believe. You must draw a line in the sand that says, no matter what my natural senses tell me, no matter what it looks like in front of me, no matter what the result is, no matter what my experience is, I believe the word of God. That means no matter how many times you prayed for Aunt Sally and she didn't get healed, you still believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You have to come to a point where you believe the word of God over all circumstance, over all evidence, over all natural sense. When you hear and continuously hear and believe the word of God, you will create a substance in you that is called faith, revelation, knowledge. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself reacting on account of your faith. So there's a quick recap. If you missed session number one, go back and re-listen after this. But here's part number two. You can write this down. Part number two of the fundamentals of faith. Speaking and acting. Speaking and acting. So once you've heard the word, you've believed the word, you must speak the word and act on the word. Somebody type in the comments, I will speak the word and act on the word. I will speak the word and I will act on the word of God. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Someone type 2 Corinthians 4 in the comments for people as they're jumping on here. Hello, Hunter. Good to see you. Celia, good to see you. So you've heard the word. You've believed the word. Now we speak and we act on the word. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this. We have the same spirit of faith as it is written. I believed and therefore I have spoken. So we also believe and therefore we speak. So we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hey, Sharna, good to see you. We know according to Hebrews 11 verse 1 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That hope is accumulation of revelation knowledge from the word of God. You see it in the word. You believe it in the word. That's what you're hoping for to come to pass in your life. It's a promise. You know it's yours. All God's promises are yes and in him. Amen. But there's a substance of revelation knowledge that's called hope. That's your faith. Faith is the substance of what you hope for. It is the evidence of what you do not see. So once you've heard and you've believed the word of God, 
You now have the substance of what you hope for inside of you. But in order to get the evidence of what you do not see, it must be spoken out of your mouth. It says here in 2 Corinthians 4.13, I've believed and therefore I have spoken. So we believe and therefore we speak. So you have to understand there's a right and wrong way to do things. Just hoping that God will heal you doesn't get you healed. Knowing it's God's will for you to be healed and that you act on your faith gets you healed. For example, the woman with the issue of blood. It doesn't say that she heard the reports of Jesus and she had hoped that he would come to her house and he would heal her. It says that she heard the reports of Jesus, she believed him, and she said out of her mouth, I know if I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And then she acted on what she had spoken. And the moment she put action to her words, she got exactly what she believed for. So faith is word activated. Somebody type that in the comments. Faith is word activated. Faith is a real substance, and it comes from the Word of God. So the Bible teaches that not only can we grow in faith, but we can actually act on our faith. Faith is Word activated. You see in Romans chapter 10, the prayer of salvation, verses 8 through 10, and then all the way through 13, you see faith in action. According to Ephesians chapter 2, we're saved by the grace of God through our faith. And then Paul walks us through in Romans chapter 10 how you activate faith to receive salvation. And he said that you believe in your heart and you're justified. And you confess with your mouth and you are saved. So he shows you the process of faith. Believing the word of God, because right after that he says you must hear it preached so you must receive faith by hearing the word of God preached. Once you've received faith by hearing the word of God preached, then you activate your faith with your confession by speaking the word of God. So understanding that faith, I, I mean, I don't like to say faith has a formula, but faith has a formula. Every time you see faith activated in the Bible, that's the formula. It comes from believing a word of God, speaking a word of God, and acting on what you've believed and what you've spoken. That's the formula of faith. Faith speaks. You'll, if you ever noticed, you can tell when you're in a faith-filled environment. Because faith is loud. You know, there's not one time in the Bible where you see faith in action where it's not loud. What did God tell Joshua when they marched around the walls of Jericho? He said, on the seventh time, on the seventh day, raise up your voice, blow the trumpet, shout. And as you shout in a spirit of faith, the walls will come crashing down. You'll know you're around faith people because the atmosphere is loud. Faith is not quiet. I want you to type that in the comments. Faith is not quiet. Faith is loud. You ever notice when you go to a faith-filled church, it's amen, it's hallelujah, it's praise the Lord, it's glory. You'll hear the atmosphere. It just raises. It gets loud. Faith people are loud. Faith is not quiet. I like how Pastor Hankin says it. You never run at your giant with your mouth shut. 
Anytime there's a giant in your way, anytime there's an obstacle in your way, anytime there's something that you need faith to move, if you don't move your mouth, you'll lose by default. But you're guaranteed if you walk by faith and not by sight, faith will work every time. The Bible says that faith worketh by love, and it says love never fails. When your love walk is in order and your faith walk is in order, you're believing the word, you're standing on the word, you're speaking the word, you're acting on the word, giants just move out of the way before you even get to them. You just start running at them. You're slinging stones. You're slinging the word of giants and they're moving. You're shouting with a loud voice and the walls are coming down. Faith moves things without you even having to bat an eye. I like how another quote, if it's not strong enough to move your mouth, it'll never move your mountain. But if your faith will move your mouth, it will move your mountain. All right, let's see where we're at here. How to activate your faith. It's not enough just to hear the word. It's not enough just to believe the word. It's got to be spoken and acted upon. And now I want to clarify in every area. This woman used her faith to get her healing. But faith is used for every area to grab every promise out of the Bible. Over 6,000 promises are guaranteed to the believer. That means there's over 6,000 already answered prayers in the Bible waiting for you to hear them, believe them, speak them, and act on them. Faith is word activated. I like how Brother Jonathan Shuttlesworth says it. You're never wrong when you quote God. And I said this yesterday. Faith does not call those things which are as though they're not. Faith is not denial. Faith doesn't deny fact. Faith changes fact with truth. Facts are always changing. Truth is never changing. Somebody gets a bad report from the doctor. Faith doesn't deny that they got cancer. Faith changes that they got cancer. Faith speaks the truth of the word over her or that over that person. By Jesus's stripes, you are healed. Sickness and disease was taken when Jesus became a curse on the tree. Faith doesn't deny fact. It changes fact with truth it says in proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 that the power of life and death is in the tongue jesus said my words are spirit and they are life god's word is life you speak the life of god's word over every dead situation any area of death that needs life in it, you speak the word of God into that area and it will come back to life. Remember Ezekiel 37. What did God say to the prophet? Can these dry bones live again? He said, only you know. And he said, prophesy, son of man. And as he spoke the word of the Lord, those dead bones came back to life. God's word in your mouth will bring any dead situation back to life. This year, I declare it over you. As you speak the word of God into dead areas, into dead relationships, into dead business uh, adventures, into anything dead that needs life, 
as you speak the word of God, it will come back to life in Jesus' mighty name. God's word is creative. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 3 that we know that by faith God spoke the universe into existence. He framed the worlds with his words. That means God's word in your mouth will create life in any situation. God's word in your mouth will frame any situation. God's word in your mouth will remove deadness, will remove darkness. It's the light of the world. And it will bring light into every situation. Type this in the comments for me. I'm not changed by circumstance. I change circumstance. And I want you to believe that and speak it. I'm not changed by circumstances. God's word in my mouth changes circumstances. You have to see yourself that way. The Bible says, as a man believes in his heart, so is he. That's right, Parker. Reinhard Bonnke, great evangelist of God, shared a story one time of how the Lord had spoken to him. And he said, Reinhard, my word in your mouth is just as powerful as my word in my mouth. When you understand that truth, you will no longer be changed by circumstances but you will change circumstances. Now here's the key. Go to Mark chapter 11 with me so that I can tell you where many people miss the faith train. And I see this often because I pray for the sick a lot. The number one thing that I'll hear is, I do believe, I do believe. I believe God could heal me. I believe God could take away my anxiety. I believe God could do this. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Or like Pastor Hankins would say, I'm believing, believing, believing. People do a very good job at believing, but they don't do the best job at the speaking. You must speak what you believe. So when symptoms of depression come on you, you must speak what you believe. If you believe that Jesus sets you free, you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you speak it. You say, no, depression, get your hands off of me. I am not yours. For freedom, Christ has set me free. I've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You speak what you believe. Speak to symptoms. Speak to giants. Speak to walls. Speak to sickness. Speak to disease. Speak to sin. Speak to temptation. Speak to anything that's contrary to the word of God. It says in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And it tells you right after how to be strong in the Lord. And it says, use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So when anxiety, depression, stress, sickness, disease, when tactics of the devil attempt to come against your life, it's our responsibility to use the word of God as a sword to cut down every weapon of the enemy. The Bible says the weapon may be formed against you, but it shall not prosper. Because the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the devil, the sword of the spirit will cut it down right in your path. Understand the word, get the word in you, and use the word as a sword, and you'll win every time. You'll win every time. 
Type this in the comments. I have the victory, and it's my faith. Speaking and acting. Find scriptures that pertain to your situation. Are you believing God for financial breakthrough? Find five scriptures that have to do with financial breakthrough. And speak them three times every day. Listen to this in Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 22. Have faith in God. For truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Whoever says to this mountain and does not doubt in his heart, but believes... That whatever he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. You must speak the word of God three times every day over any situation you're believing for breakthrough in. Remember when the devil came and tempted Jesus in the desert. Jesus quoted three scriptures. There's something about the power in three. That's why he says, if you'll believe once, but speak three times, you'll have whatever you speak. You're a product of what you've been believing and what you've been speaking. Find five scriptures that pertain to whatever situation is in your life right now. Believe them, speak them each three times daily. Confessions, confessions, declarations. Thank God for it. Rejoice after it. And now I'm going over the fundamentals because this is where people get lazy. This is where I've noticed myself get lazy. If there's ever been a time where I wasn't pleased or where I'm at, is because I got lazy. I'll say, oh, I know what the Bible says, and maybe I'll declare it once a day or something. But don't get lazy with this. Stay with the fundamentals. Believe the word and speak each one three times every single day. And it will come to pass in your life. School yourself into faith by speaking the word. You know, the kingdom of God is a paradox. It's the upside down kingdom. It operates totally opposite to the natural realm. The spirit realm operates opposite of the natural realm. It's the upside down kingdom. What do I mean? How do you receive? in the spirit by giving the bible says whatsoever a man gives that also shall he receive so the way you receive in the kingdom is by giving well how do you hear in the kingdom by speaking your spirit man hears by speaking in the natural when you speak you school your spirit into faith you get the word of God in your mouth, you declare it, you confess it, you believe it, you speak it, and all of a sudden you start schooling yourself into faith. Praise God. All right, let's, let's finish up on the last point here. So you've spoken. You've heard the word, you believe the word, you've spoken the word. Now we must act on the word. Type this in the comments, say, act on your words. Act on your words.
Hi, Gabby. Daniel. DC Fit Chick. Megan on YouTube. Love you all. Act on your words. Mark chapter 5. The most beautiful picture of acting on your words. And I want you to replace this woman's story with your own story. It might not be an issue of blood. Maybe it's financial breakthrough. Maybe you need to get out of debt. Maybe you're believing for whatever you're believing for. Some kind of miracle. You need God to show up on your behalf. Replace her situation with your situation. <clears throat> Mark chapter 5. Verse 24, verse 25, and a certain woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not better. Rather, she grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. And immediately her hemorrhage dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. At once Jesus knew within himself that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done it. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the entire truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now remember, this woman was an outcast. She was supposed to be exiled. But the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that faith pleases God. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So that means faith pleases God. Excuse me. This woman's faith pleased God. And she got exactly what she said. Now listen to this. If she would have heard the reports of Jesus, even if she would have believed him, even if she would have spoken it, if she would have never touched the hem of his garment, she would have never got what she was believing for. You must have a contact point for your faith. Somebody type that in the comments. My faith requires a contact point. Hi, Kathy in Belgium. God bless you on YouTube. My faith requires a contact point. There's something that must happen and action must occur for you to release your faith. You must take action on it. Your faith requires an action, a contact point. For example, there was a time that I was believing God for financial breakthrough in my life. And there was a, a pastor, of my, well, I'll just, I'll say my pastor, it doesn't really matter. Pastor Stan. He had recently been put into my life. I knew I was assigned to him. And I knew that, that this ministry needed to go to the next level financially. And immediately I knew the Bible says in order for grace to flow, that you must sow. You sow where you want to go. You sow where you want to grow. It says in Hebrews chapter 7 that even though men receive offerings here on the earth, Jesus receives them in heaven. And it says, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that also shall he reap. So I put a demand on my seed and I took $1,000 and I gave it to Pastor Stan. 
And the moment that I gave it to him, I rejoiced. I laughed. Ha ha ha. I released my faith. And I thanked the Lord ahead of time for financial breakthrough. Ever since that day, this ministry has gone up multiple levels and it has not gone backwards at all because I can't be devoured. This ministry went to the next level that day. The moment that I put a contact on that, the moment I put an action on my faith, the moment that I had, I had a goal set in mind, what I was believing for, and I acted on it sacrificially, all of a sudden, exactly what I was believing for came to pass. Now, the benefit is that he's extremely good soil, but that's beside the point. The fact is I honored the man of God and I put a demand on the seed. Put a demand on what you're believing for, on your action. And remember, I don't, I don't know why I'm, I'm teaching on this, but I feel like I should. Any seed can meet your need. When your faith is built up, any seed can meet any need. Do you remember the story of the centurion's servant? When the centurion's servant was ill, the people bargained with Jesus. And they said, please, Jesus. This wasn't a Jew. Healing was the children's bread. It wasn't for the centurion. But they said, please go heal this man's servant, for he is a deserving man, for he built a synagogue out of his own finances. So that man's seed was the fact that he built a synagogue with his own finances to honor the Lord, and it actually got him a miracle with his servant. There is no need too big for your seed. Your seed will meet any need. It just requires a seed. Whatever miracle you're believing for, put a demand on the seed, and that's how seed faith will work. You'll watch God work on your behalf. Praise God. Act on the word. Hear it, believe it, and speak what the Bible says about you. Understand who you are in Christ. Understand what belongs to you. Understand what the Bible says. And you'll watch the word of God function on your behalf as you act on it. I'll share this one last story with you. Actually, I got two more stories. Stick around. You're going to like these stories a lot. These are cool stories. I love supernatural stories. But the first one, remember in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus cursed a fig tree that wasn't bearing any fruit. Now, this is the epitome of faith. This is faith in action. I want you to hear this. This is what faith looks like. It says Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he stopped because he was hungry to eat some fruit from the fig tree. Now, the fig tree didn't bear any fruit, so he cursed it. Remember, the power of life and death is in the tongue. He cursed the fig tree and it died from the root. But he didn't sit there and watch to see if what he had just cursed was going to come to pass. No, it says, and he continued on to Jerusalem. And then Peter walked by the next day and saw that it had died from the roots. See, faith speaks the end result and keeps on moving. Faith speaks the end result and keeps on moving. You're going to believe the word, you're going to speak the word, and you're going to keep on moving. Meaning, how would you act if what you've believed and what you've spoken has already come to pass? The Bible says, believe that you have received and it will be given to you. Jesus knew that what he had said to that fig tree was already happening, and so he continued on to Jerusalem. 
You must walk out in faith, in action, according to the end result of what you have spoken in life. When you grab the word of God and you speak it, your action must coincide with believing that what you just spoke is coming to pass. How would you act if you already had that raise? How would you act if you already received that harvest? How would you act if you were already healed? How would you act if that door is already open to you? Start acting like you've received what you've prayed for, and that is faith. And I'll close it with this. I have a powerful story of of that exact thing, of acting in faith like this. A friend of mine, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Pastor Jonathan now, shares a very powerful story of his mother and his father back when they were broke, poor, dirt poor. And uh, they were in Bible college, and a crazy blizzard had happened. And when this blizzard happened, they had no food at the Bible college. They couldn't get any food to him. And all of a sudden, the dean at the Bible college felt the Lord speak to him, set the table. Now, there's a blizzard outside. There's no way that they don't have any food. There's no way they're going out to get food. This doesn't make any sense in the natural. But the Holy Spirit said, set the table. So they went and they set the table after they had been praying. And when they set the table, all of a sudden there was a knock at the door. And they opened up the door and there was a truck driver at the door. And he said, hey, I just ran off the road with a truck full of potatoes. And I'm not going to be able to get out of this blizzard anytime soon. (coughs) Excuse me. He said, could you use an entire truck full of potatoes? And the dean was shocked, but that was faith. Once the dean went and set the table, the miracle happened right in front of their eyes. They said, absolutely, we could use those potatoes. And they ate potatoes for the rest of the week. And as a matter of fact, I believe even to this day, that shipment company still sends potatoes for free to that Bible college every single week. What area of your life do you need to set the table in? How would you act if you already had what you've been believing and speaking for with the word? You believe it, you speak it three times as much as you believe it, and you act as if it's already in your hands. That's walking by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we hear the word of God, we believe the word of God with revelation knowledge, and we speak the word, the fundamentals of faith. Grab scriptures that pertain to your situation, and you start throwing them at your giant. You start slaying that giant with the scripture. With believing the word of God, it's impossible to please God without faith. But it pleases God tremendously when you do act in faith. Watch your life significantly increase as you function a lifestyle of faith. Any seed will meet any need. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, I hope you were blessed by this today. Somebody type in the comments, my seed will meet my need. I'm going to read one more scripture and then I'll pray for people. Galatians chapter 6. One of my favorites. Verse 6. Let him who is taught in the word share all good things with him who teaches. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Somebody type that in the comments. God is not mocked. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will reap flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit 
will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who are of the household of faith. The Bible says God is not mocked. His word says that if you sow, your seed will turn into a harvest and it will meet your need. There's an old quote that says, if it's not big enough to meet your need, then it's your seed. Just like that $1,000 I had. It wasn't big enough to meet the financial need of our ministry. So I took it and I used it as a seed and I gave it to my pastor. And the moment I did that, financial breakthrough happened in our ministry. God came through because he's not mocked and whatever you sow is what you reap. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, God will bless you. He is not mocked. So I want to give people right now an opportunity to give to the ministry. If you've been blessed by tonight's teachings or any other teachings, as you know, we feed 900 kids every single month in other countries, as well as help financially 11 other ministries every single month. If you have a heart to see Generation Z lit on fire with the gospel and to watch this world flipped upside down by the power of God, this is how you can help out Revival Way Ministries financially. You can help the vision by giving through Venmo at Revival Way, Cash App at Dollar Sign Revival Way, and PayPal at Revival Way. And I encourage you, ask the Lord what represents your best tonight. What represents your best tonight? There's an old saying that says, if it doesn't move you when you give, then it won't move God. If you don't feel it when it leaves your hand, then you won't feel it when it comes back to you. Now, everyone's proportion is different. For example, there was a time where that $1,000 seed was a lot to me. And I gave it, and now $1,000 is not as much as it used to be. I'll just put it that way. Increase comes by your sowing. What need do you have right now? And I'm going to join my faith with you and we'll pray together. And I thank you ahead of time for your financial giving. We love our partners. We're so blessed by your financial giving and everything that you do with this ministry. It means the world to me. So I thank you ahead of time. And I want you to practice everything that I just taught these past two days with your faith. You've heard the word. You believe the word. Speak it. Whatever you're believing for right now, are you believing for a raise? We've had two people sow into this ministry recently. One of them were believing for a a raise. She sent $1,000 into the ministry. Two weeks later, the Lord blessed her with a $10,000 raise because she spoke it. She sent me a message. She said, Taylor, here's $1,000. This is my seed. I'm believing for a financial breakthrough. I want a raise, and that's what's going to come to me. Two weeks later, that's exactly what she got. She got what she said. Another girl sent in $500, and she said, I believe this seed is going to meet my need to help me get my new business launched. It's exactly what happened. Two days or three days later, she was at church, and two women came up to her and said, hey, we just really felt that we should bless your business financially and help you get started. So speak to your seed right now. What are you believing for? And so big, so big, 
I'll share one more testimony because I don't know about you, but I, li- I like hearing God's stories like this. It stirs my faith. There was a time where I think I had like $600 to my name. And I felt the Lord tell me to give $540 to a certain preacher. Now at the time, I did not feel like that was going to do me any good. But I stood on the word. Sarah said, my tithely thing is all messed up to give to you guys. Can't edit my card. I'm sorry, Sarah. Um, I don't know. Maybe shoot us an email or something. I'll, I'll see if I can get a hold of you really quickly after this and help you out. But I had like $600. This is a couple of years. This, yeah, I don't know how many years ago this was. This is a while ago. But I had like $600 to my name. I was working for a supplement company. And the company, Sarah's familiar with it. She worked for him as well. And uh, the company went under. The company went under financially. So I lost like all my income at the time that I'd been building up for years. And I was working as like a window washer, but the Lord told me to go, told me to go into the ministry. So I had, I had no money. Basically I was broke. I had 600 bucks to my name. And, uh, the Lord said, give that $540. And like I said, at the time, it just seemed nuts, but I gave that $540 and I think less than a week later, uh, I had another minister come up to me and say, I'm going to give you $12,000. But he said, I'm going to give you $1,000 every month for the next 12 months to your ministry. So $12,000. The Lord multiplied that $540 into $12,000 because the Lord wasn't asking me to give financially to make my bank account empty. He was telling me to give to shake loose a harvest. So that $540 multiplied into $12,000, which is 22-fold in one moment of giving. So there's a couple financial testimonies that will stir your faith. Whatever you're believing for, put a demand on it, speak to it, and watch it come to pass in your life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, Barb, good to see you. Well, let me pray for you right now. I'll give some shout-outs to people that are giving. And we thank God for increase. Shout out to Gabby. Thank you for your giving, Gabby. Shout out to Lily. Thank you for giving last night. Ruth gave, I won't give Ruth's last name out of uh, privacy, but Ruth gave $1,200 a couple days ago. Blessed. Sabrine gave the $1,000. She's the one that saw the $10,000 raise at work that she was believing for. Praise God. Glory. Let me check Cash App really quick. I like to give shout outs to people <coughs> as you give because I want to honor you for your giving. Faith, thank you for your financial seed. Faith, God bless you. And uh, I can't check Venmo right now because that's on my main phone. But let me pray for everybody. And I just want to thank you for helping out the ministry. What a blessing it is. I think this next month we're going to we're going to move up from 900 kids a month to Rita said can I give after I have the download? That, yes you can, Rita. Oh, I'm trying to think about right now we're feeding 30 kids a day, 900 kids a month. Um I'm trying to think about what the next upgrade would be. I think we're going to move to like 1100 a month. Maybe something like that. So next month, we're going to upgrade to feeding over a 1,000 kids every single month. And we're just going to keep increasing. 
as the Lord keeps increasing us. So praise the Lord. We're so thankful. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for believing in the vision of Revival Way Ministries. I love you so much. Let me pray for you. I'm going to join my faith with you right now for whatever you're believing for. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, according to your word in Matthew 18, 19, I join my faith with every person that sowed financially tonight. Let it be done unto them as they have spoken and as they have believed. You said, if we touch and agree on a matter, it will be done for us. So I call it done according to your word in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you ahead of time for it. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen and amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I have a feeling... I have a feeling there was somebody, I don't know if you're listening to this or watching this live, but I just have this feeling, so I'm just going to speak it, that the Lord told you to give an amount. You felt, you felt that you were supposed to give a big amount, and you got scared, and you didn't do it. The Bible says don't give under pressure or under compulsion, but I encourage you. If the Lord told you to give a big amount, and you didn't give what you felt to give, He's not telling you to give the big amount to hold you back. He's telling you to give the big amount to break free a harvest for you. The same way that at the time when I had $600 to my name and I gave 540, it didn't make sense naturally. But just remember that. I won't tell you what to do. There's no pressure here. God has blessed this ministry. He's taking very good care of us. He's our source. I don't need to penny pinch anybody. But I encourage you. If the Lord spoke to you to give a number and you didn't give the full amount, give the full amount. And you won't be sorry. Well, I love you. God bless you. Uh, I will not see you tomorrow night. We'll be back for part three of the fundamentals of faith Thursday night at 7 p.m. And I'm going to cover patience and contentment, the secret key to maintaining steadfastness with your faith. And then Friday night, we're going to launch off with Ministry Madness. I'm going to have a DJ run the Ministry Madness video one more time on YouTube. And I'll play it one more time for you guys on here. Do not miss Friday night when we launch Ministry Madness at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. I love you. God bless you. If you're watching on Instagram, share this on your Instagram story. Tag me in it. Send it to a friend. God bless you. Adios. Love you. Thank you.